Okay, people, we had such a great time with Joe Walkowski. Also, he is on the Props Network if you catch him on Pile It On and In Action. Uh, I wanted to have him on again on Just For Sport because we're going to talk a lot of basketball. Everything's crammed into the bubble. So I figured that Joel and I, thank you for coming on, Joel. We'll just, you know, kind of talk NBA hoops for the next, you know, three months. Why not? You and me, we, we got a lot of interest in these games. I am so down for that, Jamoke. And I got to say, my wife, she doesn't like sports at all, but she was in the next room while we recorded. And that's the first time she stopped and listened to an entire one of my podcasts. And she's (laughs) like, hey, that was great. I, I thought you guys were so good together. So you've got the ultimate seal of approval here. And Oh, man. And I know, like, I think Bill Simmons and Ralph and uh, Mr. Wilbon, you, Ralph Wiley used to talk back in the day, they were two of the last 19 NBA fans. And I think we're two of the last 19 NBA fans who don't get their opinions from Instagram. Yes, yes, we do not. We have our own opinions. They're very strong. And we're both very knowledgeable in our own right. I yeah. think that's the best thing. And I need to talk to you because otherwise I'm just getting good Twitter fights left and right. right. <laughs> there's, that, there's that meme going around today. It's like, what LeBron is your favorite? And anyone who's saying L.A. LeBron is just giving me an aneurysm. That's like saying your favorite restaurant is Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, actually, Olive Garden is my, one of my okay, favorites. You, you know, Cheesecake Factory, but agree to disagree there. Oh, no. Che- okay, time out, time out. Cheesecake Factory, because I never think a Cheesecake Factory is a chain. We're going way off here. But to me, Cheesecake Factory is never like a, a chain to me, but you can't beat the unlimited breadsticks. Absolutely, that's true. But, you know, that's steakhouse rules. You know, you don't want to fill up on bread, and you're getting more bread with the pasta. So, Cheesecake Factory, I think you have the best portions around. And this is an NBA podcast. We know that's NBA players' favorite restaurants. Portion-sized yeah. baby. Fogo de Chao was one of the favorite haunts for the Washington Wizards. We would go there a lot. And I didn't eat red meat, so I would always get the chicken. So I felt like mine was always, you know, have you been to a Fogo de Chao? Yeah, not, I, am, I have so much admiration for your resolve sticking to a diet when you're literally being fed off a sword. <laughs> and I, I had the red down way more often because I would just wait for the chicken, bake, I mean, the chicken wrapped in bacon. And so my, it was always on red. And they were like, what are you doing, all of this red meat? And I was like, I don't really eat red meat. So the guys would just load up. I would go to salad bar, chicken, salad bar, chicken. That was my thing. Go go to child. Shout out. And then shouts to you for eating better than literal NBA players. You know, <laughs> that was in the crazy days of 2012 before teams had hired nutritionists. So That's right. What That's you, right. Man, I, I'm watching got, uh, the, the Phoenix Suns like official network right now. And yeah. man, I feel for Suns fans like, they're airing a documentary that's literally about a playoff series they lost. Yeah. So, like, you got to have better memories. Charles than Barkley, Dan Marley. Not even. Far it, back. It's um, the shot where Rex Chapman hit that, like, 27-foot three to Rex send it to Chapman. overtime. Is he awesome on social media, by the way? Rex mm-hmm. Chapman is just. Okay. Ah! He's awesome. He's got great content, but he doesn't yeah. source where the content comes from. Mm-hmm. And I believe Rex has unwittingly stolen stuff from comedian friends of mine in the past. 
Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, like there's like a great comedian, Doug Smith. He has like a video that's like a guy who gives pubic haircuts. Comedy <laughs> Central. <laughs> Comedy Central made it, and Rex is sharing it like, "Hey, check out this guy's business." And it's like, man, nah. Not only are you putting out my buddy's work without giving him credit, you are just not even including that he's a comic or a content creator. You, you're taking yeah. money out of his kid's mouth. Okay. All right, Rex, uh, you're on notice wherever you are in Kentucky, probably somewhere uh, bleeding blue, so to speak. But uh, we're going to watch out for you, Rex. Okay, before we begin, this is the Prop Network. And the Props Network has you covered. If you want to bet on the NBA bubble, just go to the Where to Bet page on the PropsNetwork.com and get free bets and bonuses from legal sports betting sites in your state. Right now, you can get $20 free bets, no deposit required, from Unibet. A 100% deposit match bonus from Bet Rivers as well as exclusive sign-up bonuses from DraftKings, FanDuel, PointBet, BetMGM, and more. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. But do you know someone who may have a gambling problem? Well, then call 1-800-GAMBLER today. And there's our first read. We're done. Now we can just talk NBA for anybody who didn't either fast forward past that or turn it off. Yo. Yeah, you got you 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 see the broadcasting school at work when Jamoke <laughs> does an ad read. Me, I'm a Michigan mushmouth. You give me those hard A syllables, I will stumble all over them. You know, it, yeah. it happens with me. But let's get into the season. Let's get into the season. I don't know where to start because it's like this bubble is bursting with content. There's so much to talk about, um, and so we have a. Uh, let's say it's like our layup line, our warm-up, where we're just kind of starting out. Let's go with some of their rumors and news. Uh, my first one is, uh, are you following the, the scrimmages? I mean, they're talking about how Giannis, he shines in a loss to New Orleans, New Orleans without Zion. Is that news? Are we looking at that like, oh, this is maybe what's to come, that you know, a, a team like the Bucks maybe could lose to a young upstart like New Orleans in the playoffs should they meet? Um, I'm not putting a lot of stake in it right now, I, especially with Milwaukee where everything is kind of predicated on they play with a certain level of intensity on both sides of the ball. And I don't think you're going to see that come out in exhibition season. Mm -hmm. And like, I think the Nuggets signified to the world that the exhibition season doesn't matter when they're trotting out their novelty lineup of all centers. Yeah. <laughs> so now I just want to talk basketball. I have to get in arguments with every Greenfoot NBA fan who thinks Bull Bull is going Bull, to be Bull. a generational talent. <laughs> Listen, there's an issue here. There's a lot of potential here, but you know, let's praise the Denver Nuggets coaching staff. Quietly, they have some of the best player development of this entire generation of franchises. Yeah. Like, so it is fun to see the other lineups, but if you are going to be gambling, if you do want to see how this breaks down, I advise you to disregard everything from this, from this section of play. How can you disregard? Okay, I get the disregard. I do, I do. But, like, I guess because he's Manute Bowl's son, who's a former Washington Bullet, I just really like seeing him do well. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just really cool. Because, of course, also being from the Wizards area, uh, Washington, D.C., you know the first thing they said is, oh, man, how come we didn't get Bow Bowl? We could have got a chance to get Bow Bowl because they see him doing well in these preseason games. But I'm going to blow your mind a little bit because you're talking about Denver. Uh, 
okay? We got the Manute Bowl connection. Tim Connolly, who's the GM in Denver, shout out to Tim Connolly, who also became, almost became the Wizards GM, is a disciple of Ernie Grunfeld. Uh, he's uh, the Connolly family of brothers is a big basketball family. And for you to bring up Denver is like, yeah, he's a great mind. And he's a really cool dude. Uh, it's really cool what they're doing in Denver. I really like that team. Yeah. Cause like if, if you were to find me a player who went to Denver out of the draft in the past five years, every single one of them turned out better than they, ex- than they had any right to be. And now they're so good at developing front court talent. They developed two guys worthy of big extensions in Murray and Harris. And now they've got this like whole second line that they can't even give playing time to. So they're giving away assets to Minnesota and like, it's really fun to see. And they don't really get reported on as one of the great franchises, but no, I think they're there. Yeah. Just to put, to put a bow on why I don't care about the ex- exhibition season, why I don't get excited about Bull Bull, is because I, I got excited about Anthony Randolph. I got excited about <laughs> Marcus Banks. I got excited about Stanley Johnson. Every time I buy into a player based on the exhibition season, yeah, yeah. it doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully in this case, I do want to see Bull Bull do well. Uh, we talked about Olive Garden, Cheesecake Factory. Neither one of us mentioned Magic City as a great place to eat. And yet somehow Lou Williams really put them in the map, on the map for their wings. And, but he still got the 10-day quarantine. I know he was hoping to get to four-day and be like, oh, I was going to a funeral. Just had to stop over and go to the drive-thru. That was a different kind of drive-thru. But, uh, yeah. So what did you think of Lou Williams? Sweet is, Lou. Is there a bigger flex than going to get your own brand of wing and getting in trouble for it. Because he didn't just get wings. He got Lou Williams lemon pepper barbecue wings. Ding, 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 ding. And I know there is like a kind of like, there's a reputation among strip club food. And I've seen pictures of the wings. Not only do they look fantastic, they're packaged in you know, this kind of to-go container that promotes racial justice. So, like, hey, it's good on multiple measures. And, hey, how many how many opportunities are you going to have to support racial justice with, with your takeout order? That's the line that Lou Williams should have given to the NBA. He should, he should have. And, and, and unfortunate that that one picture caught him, or else that would have been the greatest story after the bubble. Where he's like, guess what I did before the, before the game started. Yeah, Lou Williams probably wishes he had J.R. Smith's agent because, like, J.R. Smith is the poster child for, like, living it up, being, like, this fun figure. But Lou Williams, we might be looking back on him in 20 years and say, oh, he was our Marvin Barnes. Yes, yes. I like that. I like the Marvin <laughs> Barnes. Um, yeah, there will, be a Lou, there will be a Lou Williams oral history, and it will be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that documentary is going to come out, like, the, the sixth man of all time. Lou Williams. I want to see that documentary. Zion Williamson's returning to practice on Wednesday. Uh, he also left the bubble. Multiple players have left the bubble. I'm not quite sure um, why that wasn't made a big deal of, just in general, that players are going to be leaving the bubble on a regular basis and coming back because the timing just seems really bizarre. But for New Orleans, I don't know if it could be better for him to get a little more rest 
He doesn't have to do the scrimmages. He'll be right on time for uh, Thursday, which we'll get to later. That's going to be we, exciting. We will get into it. And, you know, the quarantine, it doesn't affect Zion. He's a 20-year-old athlete. He will be fine. Um, he doesn't look as skinny as I would hope he would look. He looks like uh, he Rocket Era Barkley. <laughs> yeah, <Rocket> yeah. <laughs> that could be a good nickname for him. I think he has the same body density of a piece of cheesecake. It's not fat. It's just there's so much in such a small fit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really gets you on the high after you eat too much of it, which uh, he's, wow, he's just, he's an amazing athlete. I, I want to see him in New Orleans do well a team that I don't necessarily care whether they do well or not, but I am curious if this is going to work out, is the New York Knicks hiring Tom Thibodeau as their head coach. Another retread. I was hoping they'd go for somebody new. Man, and you got to love the way the Knicks manipulated their own fans on here. They're dangling Jason Kidd while their fans are hoping for Kenny Atkinson. And meanwhile, Tom Thibodeau is right in the middle. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like the hire. I think it, he's about as solid of a coach. You're getting a B-plus every time. Mm -hmm. I don't know how well that brand of basketball is going to thrive in 2020, especially in New York when the Nets play a really friendly ball movement style of offense. And yeah. my condolences to R.J. Barrett's knees, um, gone too soon. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. It's, 46 uh, minutes a game are in your future, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that, like you said, the style of basketball, New York is glitz, it's glamour. It's just, to me, not blue-collar, grit, dirty basketball. I just don't see it. You know, there's a reason why Walt Frazier still does color because that's what New York is. And I just don't know if that, I just don't see it. I just yeah, and, you've, it. and you've seen like the, the point guards for the New York Knicks have been historically more, more conservative than the average point guard since Walt Frazier. I mean, you're getting the Mark Jacksons and the Derek Harpers of the world. And we live in the combo guard era. Like mm -hmm. maybe RJ Barrett can be that guy, but I don't think he's like the blue chip building block that a lot of these guys are. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting though. I, I don't want to wish anyone ill will and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, and like you see this plan, but I also see them attached to Zach Levine. So it's just classic Knicks. It's like, Thibodeau and Levine, like, they're two steps of two different plans. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, is there a player more ill-equipped to play for Tom Thibodeau than Zach Levine? <laughs> <Than> Levine. <laughs> no, I think uh, he's way too laid back for that. I think it'll – that would last, like, two weeks before it's like, yeah, this isn't my type of coach. I think, I think unfortunately, in many ways, you all, almost every team needs a player's coach, except for the Lakers, because LeBron is the coach. But outside of that, I think you've got to have a player's coach. I think it's just that's the, the culture where we live. Yeah, and you can instill a culture while being a player's coach. Like, I think Quinn Snyder has done a good job in Utah of really just kind of shaping every player's development nicely while it still seems like they buy into a bigger system. New York's hard because it's a toxic ownership group and there's so much pressure and, you know, I think it's going to get really tough to be a Knicks fan next year when 
Durant is just going off in an empty Barclays Center. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, Durant and Kyrie Irving, who not only, you know, delivers on the basketball court when he's healthy, but he's also delivered off of it, helping WNBA players who are either taking off this season for social justice or uh, because of COVID-19 health reasons, he's donated $1.5 million for those players that are skipping the season. And my thing is, I like that, but then I also have an issue with what is the WNBA doing when, if it isn't COVID um, and the social justice, this isn't the first time that a player said, I'm not playing in a WNBA season. I mean, going back to Diana Taurasi, who had her Russian team pay her salary for an entire season to just say, hey, we don't want you to play, you rest. And, you know, this is a special circumstance. And I really like what Kyrie Irving is doing with this special circumstance. I just hope this isn't something that goes into next season where players are skipping the, the, the season to do something else. I like the social justice aspect of it, but I also want them, I want the actual game to be respected enough compared to the international game that this is the league you want to play in. Yeah, but I think the WNBA Obviously, the salaries, they have difficulty to compare to the, this, those in Russia. But right now, the WNBA is handed such a social justice opportunity, given the ownership of the Atlanta franchise is Kelly Leffler. I know this is a sports podcast, but just a TLDR. Nope, Kelly, nope. Kelly Leffler is the wealthiest U.S. senator, and she was in Senate about a month because her, she didn't run for election. She got the seat because her husband is president of the New York Stock Exchange. And she, when she was briefed on coronavirus, her first action was to sell her stocks. Mm-hmm. So within her first month, she committed insider trading. Now her seat is up for re-election. And her being a Georgia Republican senator who's not a Trumpy, she, she has to appeal to this you know, anti-BLM base that her administration's pushing her to approve. And then, you know, she can't be an owner. This is Mm -hmm. the Donald Mm -hmm. Sterling situation. And the WNBA has shown up so aggressively, so remarkably to take down probably the biggest villain in American politics right now. So we all have to support them. And props to Kyrie. Props to Grant Williams rocking the hoodies. So many players were rocking the WNBA hoodies. It's been awesome. I know. I I got a hoodie coming to me. Uh, I'll wear it on an episode. I'll wear it on an episode. Um, Because that is true. And then obviously the players are also on the WNBA and NBA side are putting their social causes on the back of their jerseys, whether it's equality, Black Lives Matter, uh, listen to us, support. You know, all of these messages that are Brianna Taylor's on the back of some of the jerseys. Um, I like that they are doing it. Um, I actually didn't realize it was going to be the name and um, uh, a social justice movement on the back, too. I thought it was replacing the name. when I Oh, first- yeah. I didn't realize that either. That's, that's cool. Um, yeah, and I think only Utah's names are out right now. So Utah came out, and there was a pretty wide discrepancy. People going for individuals' names. Joe Ingalls is ally, and I think a lot of people went with education reform, which mm-hmm. is that's another one. Yep, 
fantastic. You are seeing like kind of an intersectionality and like, you know, we see baseball flaming out and there is the union of NBA extends to basketball as a whole. It's a fraternity and the WNBA players are undeniably a part of it. Mm -hmm. And like, Uh, go ahead. You play basketball. I play basketball. I like playing with women. When women play, it's, they move the ball, they set picks. They're, we're all equals out there and it's cool to see our heroes embracing that mindset. Yeah. And, and also if you look at some of the international players, you know, Taco Fall, Liberté, uh, Egalité on Vincent Poirier, the back of his Jersey. I probably just screwed up his name. Uh, but you know, love us is on the Jersey Peace. say her name. You know, you've got some variety on, on what people want to talk about. Brian Bowen II put vote, is putting vote on the back of his jersey. So that's going to be interesting to see the reaction, uh, although you can kind of have some of it now. But I think when the games do count and then you get into the playoffs to see where this kind of grows and, and if it's helping, because I think that's one of the issues that they had when they were talking about should they play again is – the simple fact that it's playing helping the movement or not. And I think that this was a good way for the NBA to try to say, hey, let's help the movement by keeping the conversation out there, along with putting Black Lives Matter on all of the actual basketball courts. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Dallas Mavericks is the only team. They all have a quality on the back of their jerseys. Yeah. And I think with the world and specifically our country being what it is, I think basketball is a microcosm of what we're hoping to achieve. It was John Thompson who said this quote that I agree with. Basketball has done more than any other faction to bring people of all backgrounds together. So you're seeing just a lot of beautiful things come out of it. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, we've kind of gone over our news and notes. We're finished with our warm up layup line right at the end here. Uh, Let's go. Go ahead. Can I say one stupid thing? Okay. We we did a good job talking about a serious topic and I'll make the stupid joke. I didn't make at the time. I hope the NBA sells these jerseys and that proceeds go to worthwhile charities. I also hope that World Be Free gets a very small royalty because we all owe him a debt of gratitude for this. (laughs) World Be Free. (laughs) One of the best days ever in basketball, I will say. He did this in the 70s. Like, he was all over this 40 years ago. So give him a penny from every jersey sold. And and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was Lou Alcindor and was making a statement of his own by changing his name as well. No but arguments we'll there. We'll be free. We'll be free, definitely. All right. Um, what other storylines, as we get ready to look at NBA futures before we start to do that, are you most interested in going into this season, Thursday night, the first two big games? What do you want to, to see play out? Yeah, and like it is such a funny process to get reacquainted with this season I followed for five months. Was there anything you were surprised by diving back into the standings? Uh, The one thing I was surprised about is when I was listening back to all of my podcasts, I realized that I didn't say one thing about the Toronto Raptors as if they didn't exist, as if they weren't the defending champions, as if when I brought up, oh, the, the players, the teams with younger players probably may fare better than the ones with some of the older vets. 
in Toronto is exactly that team. And yet I said the Celtics. I was talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. I just, I don't know why in my mind, I just can't remember that the Toronto Raptors are the defending champions, mostly because Kawhi Leonard left. So I was like, oh, that's, that team's done. And they're not. They deserve more respect than any team in the Eastern Conference. One, because they're defending champions. And two, because they kind of have the best record in the East since, well, I guess it was a short all-star break, but they were on a roll towards the end before everything stopped. Yeah, and there are rumors with the Raptors that are unsubstantiated, but I've heard that they've been together for about six weeks now. Driving a Black Lives Matter bus down to the bubble. Yeah, like I think they were, I heard they were together in Europe training since like early May or something. And like, we don't read them as a young team because they've got Lowry, Gasol, Abaka, guys who've been in the league around a decade each. Mm -hmm. But there is a second wave of young legs coming. And with their ability to play defense and the fact that Nick Nurse is the bill of goods Brad Stevens was at advertised as yeah. sky's the limit yeah. with them and i'm gonna stick with my prediction that you take those top three teams in the east pick one out of a hat yeah i mean i think with og ananobi uh, pascal siakam obviously is just he has just blossomed uh this season and and i'm going to be excited to see if they can make it back at least to the NBA Finals. And like you said, yes, pick them out of a hat. Now, the thing is, I got two hats for the Western Conference because they both say L.A. on it. Yeah, you, you just different colors. <laughs> and as we get into it, we don't, you know, we're excited basketball's back, but there's a little bit of a delay before the playoffs. And in this, like, two and a half weeks, I think the most intriguing storyline is going to be the four, five, six races in either conference. Mm -hmm. In the East, like, we don't really think about how poorly the Sixers were doing. And, oh, my gosh, my, my girlfriend just bought, brought me Chipotle. I'm the luckiest oh, wow. man alive. Oh, wow. <laughs> you should eat and talk. I don't want to get cold. Okay, I, I won't eat and talk. But we're, we're professionals here, <laughs> <We> brother. <are. laughs> okay, I was a little distracted. But this four, five, six race, like, the race to, av to avoid a Celtics first-round matchup, a team that I think is going to be uniquely prepared and qualified to play in a neutral setting, is huge for them. And I think the same thing is true out West, where you have Utah, Oklahoma City, and Houston all really kind of muddled around. And, you know, it's, it's real for these teams right out of the gate because, like, the Rockets play the Mavericks first game back and – they're going to be jostling for position the entire time. Yeah. I think that uh, to stick with the West, Oklahoma City Thunder is my surprise team. I think Chris Paul, you thought he was going to no man's land. It was just going to be like, yeah, that team's not going to be any good. Paul George isn't there. Russell Westbrook isn't there. And he's kind of got another young team to really buy into what he's talking about as a leader, which really surprised me. I think the Jazz, you know, hopefully Rudy Gobert and uh, – uh, why am I forgetting his name? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell are getting along, and he's not <laughs> blaming him for that uh, for that unfortunate shutdown of the NBA and giving him COVID. Uh, but I do like that race. And then in the East, 
I feel like it might be the Pacers, the fact that Victor Oladipo said he wasn't going to play, and now he decided he is going to come in the bubble. That's kind of like a dark horse that I'm curious to see what that team is going to be with a young Miles Turner in the front court and Victor Oladipo in the back court. Yeah, I would. My excitement for Indiana, and like we forget that Victor Oladipo was on track to be first team All NBA in the greatest class of guards that's ever existed. But my my expectations are a little bit tamped down because I know Sabonis is pretty injured right now. Mm -hmm. I hear he can't put weight on the foot, and you know if they get in a rock fight and have to put Miles Turner up against Embiid, I think the Sixers can overcome their lack of a head coach and be able to tough that one out. Okay, okay. <laughs> and like Our, we, we talk about Oklahoma City and like looking at the bottom of the West, you got to feel bad for these teams because traditional team building doesn't work out West. Mm-hmm. You, get a, you get a great blue chip player, you surround them with the right assets. And if you do that in the West, you're still on the outside looking in. Yeah. yeah. Like how did the Thunder become a playoff team? They got seven first-round draft picks and so many assets. Yeah. The, the Mavericks, they got lucky with, with acquisitions. But if you're the Suns, if, if you're the Kings, if you're the Timberwolves, you're doing everything right and you're not making progress. Yeah. And, and, and then the teams that do make progress out West, I mean, the Portland Trailblazers, after Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard did the bye-bye to Russell Westbrook and Oklahoma City Thunder last year, now they're the ninth seed. Like, what happened? Like, one year to the next, you know, you go from an up-and-coming team, and now you, you just fade it. You may not even make the playoffs. Well, they, everyone knew they, need, they needed to make a move to stay relevant, and then they're so dependent on their backcourt scoring, and they just got extremely snake bit with injuries to their big mm-hmm. men. We knew mm-hmm. Nurkic was out, but Zach Collins couldn't stay healthy, and that just really limited – what they were able to run like they're trying to be a winning team and they have to play Hassan Whiteside. That's not going to work Whiteside. out for anybody. I thought with the change of scenery, Hassan Whiteside would be better. I really did. Yeah. But you, you kind of hear, you can read between the lines and when you hear other players talk about Hassan Whiteside and like Damian Lillard's a great leader. You see him out there with, with Nurkic, with Mello. I, I haven't seen, like Hassan be that part of a culture anywhere when he's yeah. played in some of the best NBA. If you're not happy in Miami, how can you be happy in, in a single team? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right about that. Okay, let's get to some NBA futures. But before that, let's talk about the Props Network. If you're going to bet on the NBA bubble, then why not get some bonuses? Visit thepropsnetwork.com and find out about all the deals running at the top U.S. online sports books. Like right now at PointsBet, there's score first insurance. If your NBA team scores first but loses the game, you can get your money back in free bets up to $50. This is just one of the sportsbook deals that you can miss out on if you don't stay tuned to TPN. That's the Props Network. So check us out today at thepropsnetwork.com and never miss a bonus. Remember, you have to be over 21 to bet. And do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Then call one 800 gambler today all right let's get to the futures i'm using DraftKings championship winner uh who you got joel well you know where i'm at and you know what i'm doing i'm taking the clippers but i'm riding them all the way to get there i know we're getting this lakers clippers showdown 
and I feel like I'll be able to get the same odds then, and I'll be able to get plus odds for the series price. So Clippers, but wait on it. How about you? I am going to stick with something I said earlier because I like the long shot. I think that Clippers, yes. Let me, let me first say this. I got to go with the Clippers. I think they are the better team. Um, I, I like what they are doing. Now, granted, they can get Lou Williams hat back. They can stay healthy. I think that's one of the biggest issues with them right now. They have not been able to stay healthy all season. Um, that's a big issue. But I've, I like Toronto. At plus 1,800, it's a long shot. But I think that when I look at the makeup of that team and the coaching, I think that they can do it. I think that, you know, as crazy as I'm about to say, say this, right, I think they have the better point guard than the Clippers or Lakers. I think Pascal Siakam can match up with LeBron or Kawhi. Not only that, but Pascal Siakam learned from Kawhi. So he's in a very prime position to take on that role as the leader of the Raptors. I'm going with the long shot, plus 1,800 Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I mean, if um, if Siakam's able to get his shot, like Siakam's so good in the flow of the game, but I don't know if he's quite there yet where he can generate his own look at mm-hmm. like the most elite level. And um, just for the sake of who I'll be rooting for, like – I don't really want to lean this way. I don't think it'll work out in my favor, but gosh, I keep finding myself trying to talk myself into the Rockets. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> that Harden, rocket is not, it's not leaving Cape Canaveral. <laughs> I know, but Harden and Westbrook, they've done everything you could reasonably expect them to do, and they're still kind of regarded in NBA circles as something of a punchline. I think they deserve better treatment historically, especially like I talked last episode we had about how Allen Iverson never made the evolution that great player, the truly great ones make. And I saw Russell Westbrook make that transition about over the course of this season. And I'd like to see them rewarded for it. Here's the thing. That window is gone. That window was when they had Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, KD, and James Harden coming off the bench. And Sam Presti said, oh, we don't need James Harden. Bye, James Harden. Let's sign Serge Ibaka. Then all of a sudden, KD left. And, like, no, that's over with. It's, it's done. Yeah. I mean, who, who's a better game of what if? James yeah. Harden or Steve Nash? I mean, these guys changed offense but couldn't get a single break in a, in a single postseason. Yeah. It just the basketball gods did not want them to win. No, and, uh, and for anybody, just to back up, who thinks that I think Cape Canaveral is in Houston, no, the Rockets are right next to Cape Canaveral in Orlando, in the bubble. They're, like, right there next to Cape Canaveral. It's not going to happen. Okay, conference winner. Uh, who do you got, Eastern Conference and Western Conference? Um, well, Western, we know it's Clips. But with the Eastern Conference, how do these playoff seasons usually unfold? Usually a player or a team arrives a year earlier than anticipated. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that person is Jason Tatum this season. Mm. I think one of these like second or third year player is going to make the leap and become part of the NBA pantheon and... I think Jason's just in the right situation to make it happen. Like they play the typical 2020 style of basketball. You've got four shooters on the court at any 
point, and they somehow still play great defense. Yeah. So uh, mine, we got Western Conference. You said the Clippers. I'm going with the Clippers, too. They're at plus 180. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, I got to stick with Toronto because I said they're going to win the championship. But they're at a good number at plus 700. Boston, plus 800. Uh, if you wanted a real, real long shot, randomly, you can maybe try Indiana Pacers at plus 4,000. Uh, but Milwaukee Bucks are minus 167. So why even pick them? Yeah, and if you if you do want to go long shot, and this is kind of my other bullet point surprise teams that may go on a run, um, teams with a defined rotation one through nine, where everyone has a hyper specific role, generally overperform in the playoffs. And I think the Miami Heat fit that template to a T. They've got their alpha dog, they've got their rim protector, they've got their sixth man, and they're surrounded by three and D guys. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if they're able to pull off an upset against the Sixers or beat the Pacers, I think a, any series with them is a toss up because they've got such great character to them. Yeah. Okay. And I can't believe neither one of us mentioned as a long shot Denver Nuggets, even though we said such great things about them, but I guess not. huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't, I just think the rest of the West is so good. Like the Nuggets, they're always the 1980s Alex English Nuggets. There's all, <laughs> they're always offense. There's never a great defender on the team. And, you know, just in tight games, I think, is their ball movement the mastery of the, of the sport the way the 2014 Spurs were? Yeah. I don't necessarily think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, I feel you on that. I understand that. NBA Finals matchup. I am going with Ra Raptors Clippers at plus 2,000. I like those numbers. The favorite is Bucks Lakers at plus 310. Your matchup, I take it, would be Celtics Clippers, right? Yeah. Clippers Boston is 21. Lakers Boston is 18 to 1. And let's look at the hedge. I've been kind of poo-pooing Philadelphia and the Lakers. So if you think Joel Wachowski is an idiot, you go Sixers-Lakers <laughs> finals matchup 25-1. to 1. I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again. So it's not the worst place you could put your money. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm such a sucker for the long shot. I actually might take that bet. That's yeah, not and bad. Like it, I mean, it, it's quietly like a classic NBA matchup too. You get beautiful uniforms. We've seen it in the finals before. Yeah. So, and be before the pandemic, Philadelphia, as bad as they were, as you talked about, as they started to tank, they were one of the more bet on teams as an NBA finals matchup, as an Eastern Conference representative. So I don't know if Philly are just – you know, they just love to gamble in Philly or they just love Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But, uh, yeah, even when they were doing poorly, people were betting on them to win it. Yeah, it's so weird to watch how quickly we consumed the process 76ers. As soon as they hit the ground running, <laughs> they were every NBA fan's favorite team. And they were, I think, I was over them about halfway through their second season being together. Yeah. And now the process has pivoted again with Ben Simmons. It'll be curious to see how they play him now. Um, I guess we'll, we'll check it out. Uh, eighth seed. Who is going to get the eighth seed? You talked earlier about four, five, six. 
there is some juggling for that final playoff spot. Uh, for the Eastern Conference, the Washington Wizards are, pl- are plus 1,400. There's no way they're making the playoffs. You don't they think have- they can catch the Nets? No way. Because the no. thing is, it's the Nets and Magic. And, like, the Nets might not win a game. They need a real deal, Beal. I just don't see it. Now, I do like long shots, so why not go for that? But I think the Orlando Magic, even if they don't have their big defensive uh, guy from Florida State, why am I forgetting his name? Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. No, he yeah. played in a scrimmage yesterday. He got 13 points, seven rebounds, a block and a steal in five minutes. It's mm. insane. I, so, I'm, I'm about to go in on him in our next uh, topic of conversation. Okay, but okay. If you're someone who believes in frozen envelopes, if you believe that Nike made Kevin Durant sign with Golden State, if you think NBA conspiracies are something that exists, look at the Pelicans, plus 265. The NBA having the Pelicans make the eight seed and face the Lakers is a dream scenario. Yep. So bet on that and watch as the Grizzlies don't get a call for the next two and a half weeks. (laughs) Okay, so here's a random one. Here's a random one. Now, I'm on DraftKings, so Pelicans are plus 300. Team to be the eighth seed in the Western Conference playoffs. You can get the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, who are currently the seventh seed at plus 50,000. Okay, let me look at the standings here. Doesn't no. it seem what? Right, Don't that means they're gonna no, because we haven't looked at these standings since March, dude. They're seven games up on the eight seed. They would have to lose every game while having Luca and Chris stops, and admittedly, little else. But I think, I think those bottom of the barrel West much, teams too are too much. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. No way. They're they're locked in. They will be facing. Although a first round, we I would rather hope for the Nuggets to catch the Clippers because a first round series between the Mavericks and Nuggets could be the best potential first round series. Yeah, yeah. No, you you. Let's see. Nuggets, Rockets, like that one. I don't like uh, Mavericks, Clippers. I don't know. I mean, you're going to put Kawhi on Luca. Uh, just yeah, it's not gonna happen. But yeah, but Luca's so weird. Kawhi knows how to play defense against basketball players. Luca has all these weird stutters, these weird handles. Like yeah, he truly yeah. plays like a soccer player out there. Okay, uh, so I guess that that can't be what we would call the surprise team uh, that may do something. But going in the opposite direction versus on a run. What's your team that you think may go on a run? That's your Pelicans. Um, yeah, I think Pelicans will probably get the eighth spot and they'll get a couple games off the Lakers. Everyone on that team has kind of made exceptional leaps and bounds this season. Brandon Ingram is 25 points a game. Drew Holiday is just probably the best two-way point guard. And Lonzo, he's becoming what Lonzo was supposed to be. Yeah. And like, It's the Lakers 2.0. <laughs> Why do I not like the Lakers? Because the Lakers don't do anything right. They could have been this good without Anthony Davis if they put any emphasis on player development. The entire focus of that franchise is on the next big thing, but 
the road to, to viability was there the entire time. And you can tell by the way last season went that they're not as well run as these other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if there is more backlash coming from the Lakers in, in terms of like what you talk about, I think that, you know, there's probably a revenge factor for the the Pelicans players that used to be on the Lakers to show what they can do. And now Kyle Kuzma is there kind of by himself uh, as the lone guy that New Orleans wanted. Uh, let's talk about prop bets. We're calling it pick and prop, right? Uh, MVP, who did you have before the shutdown? And who do you think will win, win MVP with the restart? Um, well, DraftKings seems to be telling me that Giannis has already won it as they don't have a lineup on MVP. I probably would have given the pause, all things being equal, LeBron, can't, I, my vote goes to LeBron. And his performance is up there with Harden and Giannis. And this season's so weird. Can we give him the tiebreaker for his speech at the Kobe Memorial? It was beautiful. No one else could have done it. And for his career, he doesn't have as many MVPs as he should have won. So we can give him one of Giannis's now. Yeah. I had Giannis before. I have Giannis now because I think the MVP of the Lakers is actually Anthony Davis. No relation. I think that the way that the Lakers played last year with LeBron as well, even though I know he was partially hurt, you know, he realized, hey, I need a player like Anthony Davis. And you look at Giannis, they basically said, okay, no Malcolm Brogdon, even though I know when I talked to you last, I talked about how they're going to miss Malcolm Brogdon. I think for Giannis, it's like, okay, put him even more on my back, and I will lead this team. And that's why I think he is an MVP. Uh, yeah, what about – go ahead. And, like, again, for if he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year – so if you take the two-way factor into it, it is Giannis's award. But given a short season, I know he missed a couple games near the end. It's just the problem. I can't think of a harder MVP to handicap than this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. Okay, uh, most improved player winner uh, at the the favorite at minus one twenty-five is Bam Adebayo. Come on, nobody expected Bam Adebayo to be as good as he is this year, but. Oh, boy. I don't know. I mean, is it Luka Doncic at plus 700? I mean, what he's done with the Dallas Mavericks this season. I mean, he's not only, you know, got them back into the playoffs and playing well, but he is already a super, super, superstar. Who you got? Yeah, he absolutely is. And, you know, I do think it is Bam. It's his award. But looking at the odds, I have to wonder what's up with Siakam 50 to 1 because – that was his award the first two months of the season. He, may, he improved by leaps and bounds when the dude literally turned finals games last season. So I think he kind of fell out of the conversation. He's going to make an all-NBA team, and he deserves more recognition here. And that's funny, too, because just as you're saying he deserves recognition, the season isn't over. So it might be the time to grab Siakam now because if he does get them back to – the NBA finals as the leading scorer and, and a young leader on that team, I think that you may have to say, okay, Bam Adebayo's improved, but Pascal Siakam basically said, okay, bye Kawhi. I'm going to put the Raptors on my back and we're going to win another one. Yeah. And, and that would be amazing, but I think anyone would rather have the finals MVP anyhow. So he'll just be content joining the Chauncey Billups club. 
Okay. All right. Chauncey Billups. Sixth man of the year. It's Lou Williams award. Just give it to him. Cause now if the Clippers win it all, you know, he brought him back some wings. I mean, that is what I consider a six man bringing wings off the bench. But you know, we see two of the leading guys are Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. And, uh, one of them has to be the seventh man, no? No. They can't yeah, both right. be the sixth yeah, man. They, they can't be. One has to be the seventh. I mean, Montrose Harrell is the seventh. I don't get Dennis Schroeder on here at minus 335. Has he really been that good for Oklahoma City? Um, yeah, and, like, the top three candidates, like Schroeder, Harrell, Lou Williams, I would disqualify them all because they are – playing starters minutes they're on the court at the end of the game and if you really want to look at someone who plays a traditional sixth man role I would probably vote for Terrence Ross Terrence like, Ross at plus 10,000 okay I, I I might be the only person out here but I like watching the Orlando Magic and they totally just toss that dude the keys mm-hmm. I mean he might go three for 15 but I've seen four or five magic game this year where he comes off, he gets 25 points and really steers a win from a specific six man usage. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see Davis Bertans on here at plus 20,000, but he opted out. So he's not even playing for the wizards. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys going to resign him? Uh, no, oh, I, dad, I, don't, he's, I don't see it. He's getting too much money somewhere next yeah, year. Yes, he, he, <laughs> he is. Rookie of the year. John Morant at minus 10,000, Zion Williamson at plus 1,400. It's Jaws to to lose because Zion didn't play enough games, right? I mean, but I don't know how it's only two people on here. Yeah, and like, can Kedrick Nunn have a betting line at least? At least. he, He came in out of obscurity, which he deserved, but um, to be like the score 15 points a game on a contending team and kill his role. Like, obviously he's not the generation talent that Morant or Zion is, but let the guy have a betting line. I've had betting lines put on me before. It's an honor. It's an honor. Okay. You know why I think he didn't get one? Cause Tyler Hero's taking some of his shine. I know. And That's they just what have, it is. Well, it's also him. And they also have like, there isn't anyone that basketball hipsters like more than Duncan Robinson. I have a yeah, good impression okay, of him, actually. Okay. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Joe, this good. <laughs> Duncan Robinson. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I see that. There are, there are a number of players that are taking Sean away from none. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be John Moran. Yeah, we have all these scoring like perimeter players, and they're all under 24 years old. Duncan and uh, Kedrick are older than you would think, though. I think they're like both 24. You know what? And, and just to pivot a little bit, I don't like when rookie of the year, remember when like Blake Griffin got hurt, and so he didn't play a season, and then John Wall was a rookie and really should have got rookie of the year, but then they gave it to Blake because he had a good, to me, a better second year but my thing is you're not a rookie even if you didn't take the court you still had a full season of being around the game hearing from vets getting adjusted to the nba life they they robbed john wall of a nba uh they did and they robbed uh donovan mitchell even more recently so this is something the nba likes to do they like (laughs) to arrange these awards for star power even though they aren't the right 
awards, and we see that in with Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, as we go to Defensive Player of the Year, who you got? I think they're going to go with Anthony Davis at plus 350 or Rudy Gobert maybe, plus 2,500, because not only is Rudy Gobert a great defender, but, I mean, come on. He, he kind of shut down the league. He was defending <laughs> the league by taking that COVID-19. He's like, I'll be the first one to take it so that the league will shut down and we will heal. Is that is that Mr. Davis having the best joke of the episode? Yes, His it is, block. folks. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I think Giannis wins it. You can tell from the betting line, minus 500. But um, if we were to just reset the season off current rosters, I think Robert Covington would probably be oh. the most valuable defensive player over an, an entire year. Like, he, while playing in Houston, he's getting uh, combined – five blocks and steals a game. And while we're here, Jonathan Isaac is the love child of Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. The dude can guard one through five and he's an elite level rim protector. Is he, he's going to go down as this generation's best defensive player, I believe. Quite possibly. I think he's a little skinny, but at the same time, I'm saying that and the Orlando Magic did a good job of getting Mo Bamba to, you know, gain a little weight. So maybe Jonathan Isaac will be next, and then he'll really be a force. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, we'll see if Mo Bamba just doesn't get a lower leg injury immediately. A seven-foot-five guy putting on weight, that sends a huge red flag up for me. And Too top-heavy? Yeah, I mean, just the histo- the historical comparisons. Like, guys of that height, they get injured. And I would be stunned if the rap song isn't his career highlight. <laughs> That's his career highlight, a rap song. <laughs> it is. Okay, That's the worst yeah, thing that could yeah. happen to him. <laughs> like, we saw the Too Much Too Soon era play out again with Mo Bamba in fame. Oh, that's a shame. That's really sad. Uh, but speaking of highlights, the NBA will be the highlight of my night on Thursday as we get the Jazz and the Pelicans and Clippers Lakers. And just on the side, there is no home and away team anymore. They're just playing on a random court in in Orlando. So let's go over Jazz Pelicans point spread plus Two and a half, minus 109 for the Jazz. Uh, Over-under is at 220 and a half. And the money line is plus 114 for the Jazz, minus 136 for the Pelicans. Uh, uh, And I didn't finish total points. is minus 112 for Jazz, minus 109 for Pelicans. And the point spread is minus 109 for Jazz, minus 112 for Pelicans. What are your thoughts? Well, I think anyone who is a responsible gambler should disregard the idea of betting unders right now. These are amazing players, and anyone around NBA players, they'll tell you that they hit so many more of their shots in a closed gym than in a game situation. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see overs play out throughout the the rest of the season. In this particular matchup, I think – I know the Pelicans are hot, but it's, I'd be hard-pressed to be convinced that the Pelicans are better than the Jazz, and the Jazz are a, a plus odds. So at the Jazz at plus 120 seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah. And while we're here, 
I think Clippers-Lakers is a coin flip. Why not back the Clippers at plus 150? If you do that and you bet on the plus bets for Zion and LeBron, you will have a great Thursday evening. You'll probably make a little bit of change. You could go 4-0, but just put that out there, ease into it, and then you won't get hammered too hard either way. I'll take the Clippers at four and a half. I'll take the over at 216. Money line plus 150 for the Clippers. And let's not forget, this is betting the NBA. I've watched the NBA since I was three years old, and it is so hard to bet points on the NBA because it ultimately comes down to you're thinking whether or not one team will hit their free throws with 30 seconds left. That's the determinant of a bet. So go money line or, you know, be cautious. All right. So we got the two games on Thursday and we got a bunch of games on Friday. What's the best and worst game of the weekend? Because we also have games Saturday as well. Um, Well, the best game of the weekend, I think it's going to be Rockets, Mavericks, Friday, 6 p.m. Mark me down. I'm there. That's the last game. And then Saturday opens with the worst game of the entire postseason. We got Magic Nets, baby. Wait. And I know know you're asking for a lock. Magic. Magic? Yeah, minus seven versus the replacement player Nets. They're a hometown team. You see the workers cheering for them. They're the only guys who are going to be walking to the court with a bounce in their step. So, yeah, I'm taking the Magic minus seven. Gosh, I've – I've been way too bullish on the magic. (laughs) You you, you love the magic. I was going to say Suns Wizards, mostly because what is Devin Booker going to do against basically a a G League squad? There are a bunch of young, younger players on the Wizards. Devin Booker is probably going to have 60 points. So look for his line as well. If you want a player to put, you know, an over under on how many points he's going to score maybe like 60 points or something like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Let's look at the Deandre Ayton over too, because I don't know if uh, Washington has a body they can adequately throw at Deandre Ayton. I know centers don't matter. I know they're irrelevant, but he's as good of a prospect as you can get at the position. And, you know, he's probably going to dominate in a couple matchups just on his physical skills. Even though it's not the first game, at least for the Lakers, my uh, favorite game is Sunday night, 8.30. I want to see Lakers-Raptors. It's the first preview of what I'm saying will be the NBA Finals matchup, and that'll be exciting. With the Raptors plus four, the over-under is at 214, and I'll take the Raptors at plus 145. Because what will happen is LeBron will let them get this one. And then the playoffs will say, I'll see you again. Yeah, I I feel like it could be – that same logic applies to Clippers Lakers. Like I, I think whoever loses that game will win this, the playoff series between them. <laughs> They're just, and then gosh, it's such a good slate of games. Saturday is a playoff worthy slate of games. Yeah. It's, like it's amazing. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, my thing is like, just to think about, 
76ers, Pacers at seven, Pelicans, Clippers at six, Jazz, Thunder, Heat, Nuggets. You mentioned that's Saturday, Friday. You mentioned Mavericks, Rockets, Kingsburgs, no. Celtics, Bucks at 630. I mean, if you need like five televisions so you can just watch the games. But the, Well, I guess you only need two. But then I'm also watching other things while I'm watching basketball, so I need at least five. Yeah, luckily soccer's off this weekend, so I can give my full undivided attention. Saturday, I will be watching in 10 hours of basketball. I'll be betting on every game and probably going to lose. But what can you do? (laughs) It's back, baby. (laughs) What can you do? Uh, We went over a lot of games already. Um, This weekend goes well if what? If my in-laws leave me alone. And just let you watch basketball, right? And I, I moved them into this property. I renovated this entire house. I've had nothing. I learned six years of math so I could get master's degrees to provide for their daughter. I just want all Saturday to myself to spend with my, my real family. Jason yeah. Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Victor Oladipo. <laughs> Okay, this week it goes well if for me. And I don't want to fit like your yours was really good. Yours is really good. And I feel like fine, that's gonna be a letdown. But I'm really concerned that I just don't want to see anybody get hurt. I feel like there's going to be like a oh, the games count now. This is a restart. I'm going hard. And and then all of a sudden a big player goes down and it's like womp womp for that team. I want to have a quality season again I mean, you look at mlb all of a sudden all these players are tested positive and postponed games it's just like oh my gosh here we go again what kind of season do we have and that's what i don't want to see i want it to be a good restart at least this weekend let's have some healthy games and see some good basketball yeah and the nba we've got the pecking order lebron and chris paul care about the league they care about other players and they're fostering these young people just like we talked about the wnba like does jalen brown become a vice president of the union at 21 in any other league no of course not and i'm with you on the injuries but that's probably going to happen. It's already oh. happening. Sabonis is down. Marvin Bagley has continued his snake bit year. Take yeah. a flyer on him, Pistons. I know if you're listening, new GM Troy, Marvin Bagley's available this offseason, and you could do much worse. You could do much worse. I'm sure he loves Sacramento. Hey, everyone loves Sacramento. It's the people who run Sacramento who's an issue. You know Boogie's still got a lot of friends back there. Boogie. Vladi Divots, huh? The flopper. Yeah. yeah. Her, I, I, is he the most recent player to smoke a cigarette at halftime of an NBA game? I would Probably. wager yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. I would definitely say so. Okay. you. We, we did a nice rundown. I think we followed it well. Um, you said you've got a nice dad story to end this. Oh, well, my dad, he's, he's a, he's, I get my diehard NBA fandom from him. And I thought, you know, I'm a comedian, I'm with you. And I thought maybe I'd just reach out to him every once in a while to see his thoughts on the season. Give me a second. I have to pull up my, the note. It's on different tab. All right. My dad, five favorite NBA players of all time. Number one, George Mikan, first big man superstar, looked like a total dweeb. Getting going. Two, <laughs> Reggie Harding, 
After his career, he attempted to rob the local liquor store, thinking that his mask would hide his identity. The clerk recognized him due to the, his seven-foot-one height. <laughs> Gene Conley played for the Celtics, also played for the Red Sox, won a, won a championship in both. When the Red Sox bus was stuck in traffic on the way to Yankee Stadium, Jim left the bus to find a bathroom. He proceeded to get drunk and boarded a plane to Israel. <laughs> and number four, AC Green entered his NBA career as, an, as a virgin, ended in the same matter, certainly deserves recognition. <laughs> and my favorite, number five, Bison Dele, Brian Williams. His only, re- his only reason did not sell out to the corporate NBA structure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bison Dele, oh my God. I remember him, like his, his death was a mystery. Yeah, he, he was, was a piston when he died. He was, yeah, he was a rising star. Like he had a lot of talent. Yeah, uh, and um, he, he, he learned under MJ too. So I'm just glad my dad described someone getting murdered on a boat as not selling out. It's not selling out. Maybe Serial can do a story on Bison Dele for you. Oh, Bison Dele, rest in peace. All right, Joe, thank you so much. This was great. Uh, We had a great time. I feel like we had to really catch up and do a lot more on just kind of the whole restart. Next week, we'll dial it down a little bit. We'll talk, you know, really about uh, game lines uh, and get into how the season has gone. All right, that'll do it for now. Until next time, ciao for now.